Hi everyone, welcome back to the little green pasture. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for the Lord Jesus Christ, who is full of mercy. His mercy endureth forever. And I'm so grateful for that mercy, all wrapped up in his eternal love. Today, I pray that the message that I'm giving to you will become a message. It'll be musings of my heart and the things I was receiving from the Lord very personally from yesterday through the night into today. And really everything that comes from heaven is eternal and it cannot perish. Nothing of Christ will perish. Everything that belongs to him cannot perish. This world will perish with its using. We see that this big earthquake was not like any other, just an earthquake. But it is the one of the greatest, biggest things that we've experienced now that is revealing to us the very nearness of his coming. Well, before I get started, I'm going to pray. Father in heaven, I hallow your name. Hallowed be your name. Lord, I pray that the name of Jesus Christ will bear a print, the print upon this message. And that, Lord, you would make me fuel. For your fire and that lord this message lord will be an offering to you in fact i offer it to you now even before i speak the words and that lord it would be offered up to you for your glory and for your name's sake and that lord you would add much incense to this this offering for i commit it unto you i commend myself to you and I pray, Lord, open up a river within me and let your love flow. Let it come down. And let them that are thirsty, you say, he that is thirsty, let him drink of the river of water of life freely. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I do have some musings of my heart and I'm going to let living waters flow. A couple days ago, I put a video out of pray with me for Turkey and Syria. And before that, uh, about a week ago or so, a couple weeks ago, uh, YouTube had taken down two of my videos where I spoke about prayer in context with healing. And it was deemed uh, egregious and dangerous and uh, harmful. And so I got over that. And I'm so I'm saying that in, to where I'm leading to right now. I, as I sat there yes, uh, day before yesterday getting ready to do the video, as I always do, I offer up my voice and prayer to the Lord. And I said in my heart, I said, and I, 
I don't even really think it was myself. I believe it was the enemy. In fact, I do believe it was the enemy. But I could hear a voice, his voice say to me, you understand what you're doing, don't you? You do realize if you go through with this and speak about prayer, you could lose your YouTube channel. And when I heard those words in my ear, I put my hands up and I said, if I perish, I perish. But I didn't just say those words just like that. Because when I heard those words in that moment, the power of the Holy Spirit came in. And I got a glimpse of the endless life. I tasted it. I saw it. And those words came out of me. Well, if I perish, I perish. And I realized that when I had said those words, it was truly the Holy Spirit speaking in me, touching my own heart. And that was the first time in my whole life in that very moment that I tasted of the world to come. And a powerful freedom came over me because I obeyed the Lord. I don't say that to pat myself in the back. I'm as weak as everyone else, probably weaker. But something happened when I said, Lord, if I perish, I perish. And through the entire day and all day yesterday, I kept hearing those words, if I perish, I perish. Now we do understand and know that it was Queen Esther, the wife of Ahasuerus. We know the story that Vashti, Hasaris's wife, first wife, refused to come out to a bunch of drunken kings and counselors and governors of a feast. And he did away with her. Long story short, he held a contest for the most beautiful woman. And by a series of processes, you can read the story yourself. Esther was chosen and she was Jewish. And her uncle Mordecai, who raised her, she was an orphan. Uh, he was part of the story. And he refused to bow to that king. He, not the king. He bowed to, the, he, I mean, he paid, uh, he observed and paid homage, which was expected, but not to worship the king but he would not bow to Haman, to the wicked Haman. And that wicked Haman knew that Esther was Jewish and he plotted against her and God's people. And an edict went out. He, Haman finagled his way with the king to have an edict be sent out to 120 provinces of the Persian Empire that all the Jews were to be killed in a day. When she heard, when Mordecai heard those words, he went to go and see Esther and he was clothed in sackcloth. 
which was inappropriate to, to even come because he would come and see her every day. And she was disturbed why he was dressed that way. And he told her why. And basically, he asked her to do something, to go speak to the king. And she said, well, you know, I haven't seen him in 30 days. And no one is allowed to appear before the king. Because those Persian kings, if they were in a bad mood, in a moment, they would have you, they would kill you. And she remembered what happened to Vashti. Now, Vashti wasn't put to death, but she understood about what it meant to appear before the king. It was against Persian law, even. And he said to her, well, if you don't do that, he said, help will arise somewhere else out of Israel, out of, no, not out of Israel, help will arise somewhere else, from somewhere else. But you're going to know that you're one of us and you're going to perish along with us. Upon hearing those words, she said in chapter 4, 16, she said, go. Gather all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast you from me and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise. And so will I go unto the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. You know, I, I was hearing those words in my mind over the last 48 hours. And, and I really thought to myself in my modern, <clears throat> in these modern times, in my own life. And I said, Lord, how quick are we to say, well, if I perish, I perish. But I said, no, Lord. No. That's a place you bring us to. You bring a person to. And only by your Holy Spirit can we say those words and really mean it. But Christ gave me that power. The Holy Spirit gave me that power in a flash for a moment to not be afraid because all fear left me and a marvelous freedom came in. And I began and I understood in that moment that the truly the happiest people of the Lord are the freest people made free by the Lord. Have you ever noticed that happy people, I'm talking about believers, that are truly connected to Christ, no matter what's going on in their life, you notice there's always a freedom with them. There's always this freedom, whatever comes or goes, there's a happy freedom, even in sorrow. And I began to think more and more, what does it really mean to say for me or for you? When we're brought along so far in the Lord and we're going along every day, week after week, year after year, decade after decade. I mean, do we want to stay on the same path or do we want to say, Lord, I'm going to give you my all? Let me go even further. I kept thinking about that word perish. And I, I, I thought about, and I looked up all the places where it said perish everywhere 
except one other verse when it talks about perish. It talks about the death of the righteous, death of the unrighteous, the death of the wicked, of the ungodly, and people who unfortunately die in their sins. And I thought this word perish means so much more to me now. Everything around me that you see around me is going to perish one day. And even the body that I'm in will perish. It says, for which cause we faint not, though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. We even see this world perishing, don't we? It's meant to perish. It says in Psalm 102, 26 and 27, it says, Of old thou hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of thy hands. They shall perish, but thou shalt endure. Yea, all of them shall wax old like a vesture, and thou shalt change them, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall have no end. And, you know, let me just pause right there because yesterday I saw a video. It looked like there were hundreds and hundreds of men, a couple of women, but all, mostly all men at the Istanbul airport. And they were all there to help. And... I became so emotional, you know, I looked at all those people and I thought, all those men, and they were just standing there, you know, they were just standing there with eyes open wide, they were fixed, their bodies were standing, they were looking toward a man speaking, they were there, you know why? Because of love. And I look at all those people and I said, look at those people, look at those men, a couple of women mixed in with them. Probably most of them lost children, mothers and fathers, brothers, sisters, best friends. Everything they know collapsed and fell apart. Currently, 300,000 are without a home. It's freezing. And there they were with the clothes on their back. You know why? Because love compels. Yesterday, I heard people saying there was, I had mentioned a article that I saw that I read a couple days ago. And it said uh, when the Syrians, because in Syria, the earthquake was happening. And it said, a journalist said that he saw the Syrians on their knees crying out to God while the buildings were falling down around them. And, you know, look, I looked at that and we know they're Muslim. We know they're Muslim, but that's all they know. And I heard believers going, yeah, but they're Muslim. So what? Is that what we've become? As far as I know, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave, he gave up his life. So no one would perish. That's what it said. No one. Look, 
when I heard that word perish, if I perish, I perish, it started going deeper and deeper into my heart. And I felt even if, if I may just make this personal, I thought, Lord, I feel like there's a calling. And if this word speaks to you, I pray it does speak to you because maybe God is calling you to let the perishables go. To stop trying to preserve everything. You know, in times like this and you see all that happening. You say, I say to myself, I look at all those people and my weak little American self says, I want to be with them. And I see these men standing there with the clothes on their back, bare hands. There's no big machinery they're going to have, but they're giving their bodies for it. And I guarantee it. I think I can guarantee it. That every person in that room that stood there in their hearts were perhaps saying, I'm dead already. If I perish, I perish. I saw a man, a picture of a man sitting on a chair holding the hand of his little deceased daughter, little hand. He didn't want to leave her. I saw a picture of a dog laying next on top of rubble with the hand coming out of the rubble. And you could tell the dog was crying. This whole earth is groaning. It is groaning. These are the intensity birth pains. You know, I read an article today, a woman who said that she was dead for 27 minutes. She said the first person she saw was Jesus. His arms held out and behind him was a glorious light of such a glorious bright light. And she said that she found herself in a great field full of flowers. And she said the mountains, there was a mountain range that made Mount Everest look like a tiny little hill. She said, I saw towers. She saw the city. She said, I saw towers that made the towers of Dubai look like little shacks. And she said, you can see a panorama of beauty that's unspeakable and glorious. And we're going to heaven. We're going to heaven. That's where we're on our way to. So what do we have here? What do we have here? What do you have that you're holding on so tightly that is perishing? A bad relationship? A bunch of clothes you don't wear anymore? Because I think that as Americans, we have too much. And the more we try to gain, that means the emptier we are. It says, though we got, for which cause we faint not. For though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. You know, I think of those people and I think, no, they don't know Jesus. Maybe a few of them in there do, but Jesus knows them. You know, my husband and I were in awe, really. Because over the last couple of days since this has happened, it's barely been even spoken about on the news, world news. And we're just blown away. 
they speak about it and they show a little half a minute clip of a building falling and people screaming and then they go on to something else like there's a 5k that's going to be happening in LA to, to uh, this weekend and and I don't know why they do that but I say Jesus sees them and I want to be on the side of the Lord I want to be and Jesus wants you to be one where you say you're right everything is perishing why am i holding on to all of this you know i think of that moment where esther where she gathered her maidens i don't know how many they were they were proselytes according to what i understand meaning they became jewish and she was surrounded by these women her maidens that fasted with her. I don't know how many they were, three, four, five, I don't know. And Mordecai. And I I look at these little group of people um, fasting and praying. Of course, all the other Jews are praying. And they're praying to the true king, their king. And that's our king, Jesus Christ. After three days, she went and she saw him and he saw her from a, a distance and he accepted her and he held out the golden scepter. And I say to myself, look at what happened when she gave it up. She gave it up for her people. She didn't know the end. She didn't know a sword could have been down across her neck that hour. But because, because she gave it up and said, if I perish, I perish, she arrived at a point. She said those words, but those words had to dig down deep into her heart. Those are not just words. You say those were real words she was saying. We say it like, oh, I got to go do something really hard. And if I perish, I perish. That woman was prepared for the ultimate cause if it meant her life. If it meant her life. And I believe during those days of fasting, I don't believe she was sleeping. I believe those very words that she said, if I perish, I perish, were met with other words that if we could hear what she was saying to God, it would change our prayer life forever. Could you imagine what she was saying? Could you imagine the tears, her gut, the way she was feeling, her flesh, thinking, and the enemy, probably, you're going to die. You just gave up everything. You're the queen of a great king of an empire. And you're going to die with the rest of those Jews. I'm going to go see him now. And something happened in her. A moment came where she said, it's time. Do you understand that when you, when you choose to say that, you're saying it because you're brought to a place where you're saying, and not just because you're getting older or that you love Jesus better this year than you did last year. And coupled with, 
we're at the end. Or that you're old now and older than me and you're getting close to heaven. But because the Holy Spirit has brought you to that place. And let me tell you something. What I tasted that hour lasted the whole day. And it was awesome. And it was the taste of the endless life. And there was freedom. And there was power. And there was courage. And the enemy fled from me because he fled from him, the greater in me. You see, the enemy is afraid of people that say, if I perish, I perish. Let the perishables go. C.S. Lewis said one day in his movie, the original movie, Shadowlands, and he was taking a walk with Helen Joy Davidman. And they were talking about when they became when he became a Christian, when they became Christians. And he she asked him, What was it like for you when you became a Christian? Well, you know, he was a Rhodes Scholar, he was intelligent, he was a literary genius of for all time. And so he was trying to understand and trying to learn and trying to intellectualize Christ until one day he said, well, I got to a place where I would say it would be something like diving. And she said, diving. And he said, yes, just like that, like diving. You know, you you finally get to that place where you let go. And, and you dive in head first. And you're in. Isn't that beautiful? I look at those men. And all the people with their bare hands pulling cement apart, they're exhausted, they're hungry, they are thirsty, they owe nothing except the clothes on their back. And you know what the power of them is? Love. Because God created love, because God is love, and there's love in them. And I wonder about our love as the believers of the United States or maybe in New Zealand or Australia or in England somewhere. You know, we we want to do all these things for the Lord. But you know, the truest and greatest thing you'll ever do is what Esther did. And because of what she did, a whole nation was saved. I love the words where Job said, remember, I pray thee, whoever perished being innocent. You know why? Because that was an upright and a just man. And he was an old man. And he saw the righteous judgment of God through his whole life. That God always is righteous with those that are upright in him. He said, whoever perished being innocent or where were the righteous cut off? Jesus says in John 10, 28, and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. The nation of Israel will never perish because Jesus Christ gave up his life for that, for the whole world. 
but that land of Israel and the epicenter of the millennial reign is Jerusalem. It even said being prophesied by Caiaphas in John eleven fifty. nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people and that the whole nation perish not. And all of us are familiar with 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And we know the 1 Corinthians 1.18, for the preaching of the cross is unto them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. You know, I looked at these words from Amy Carmichael. And she used the verse Ephesians 2.45, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together in Christ. By grace, ye are saved. And she says, he loved us when we were dead. There is a Tamil poem, that's India, which compares the love of the birds which fly away when the lake dries up with the love of the flowers which cleave to it even to the withering of death. It is a picture of the love of the one who loved us even when we were dead and for the love of us gave himself to the withering of death. Are we eternal one to another? Asks the Tamil proverb. And it expects a sad negative. Instead, we can sing out an answer of triumph for in eternal love, we are eternal to one another. Love is immortal. You know, some people might be saying, well, you know, Joni, that's over there in Turkey. I mean, what do you expect? It's not what I expect. It's what Christ expects. And I say, is love too extreme? I say, I pray to God your love will become extreme. Because when your love becomes extreme, that's when his love enters into your life. And you go, hey, if I perish, I perish. And there's nothing that's going to stop me. Watch me do it. There are times when I felt such that power of that if I perish, I perish, come in. And there was a force of love that came in and it lifted me up and it gave me the ability, the strength, the heart, the soul. Every part of me was like a well-oiled machine. All parts of me, spirit, soul, and body were plunging in, just like C.S. Lewis said, and I dived in and that's how it works. I was in control of nothing. And it is that easy. See, Satan tries to tell us, even while I'm speaking, I'm sure he's saying to you, well, that's probably nice for her, but what about all the things you're going through? What about those people? What about what just was said about you? What about tomorrow? What about this? What about that? Maybe the past is hanging on you. 
Jesus Christ the same today, yesterday, and forever. Notice Jesus never says, it doesn't say of him in Hebrews 3.18. Jesus Christ the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow. Because with Christ, it's always the imperishable and the eternal. And he wants us to be eternal one to another. He wants us to, like Jonathan Edwards said, I stamped the word eternity upon my eyes. And when you, when, when I'll say me, when I see things like this, leveled land, screaming women, men crying, dogs suffering. I say to myself, what are you hanging on to, Joni? What more do you want? Give yourself away. Give yourself away. Amy Carmichael said this also. And whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. The taking up of the cross always means the emptying of the life of everything that is merely selfish in motive. And high things may become that. If there shall come a moment when a man has to choose between the call of Christ, the sacrificial life and service, and the appeal of high and beautiful earthly affection, there is only one thing to be done according to these terms of Jesus. That is to follow him. He calls for much. He calls for everything. He calls for the march that may have no return and can have no compromise. He demands this loyalty because his enterprise is a crusade. Its method is that of the cross. And there is no other way, because he goes that way, his disciples must also go that way. Are we eternal one to another? Where you're going, nothing's going to ever perish. Let the movables go. You really owe this world nothing. But a debt of love to Christ you owe for the rest of your life. And you know what? When you let go and you fall back into the everlasting arms, your life will change. And you will experience a freedom and a peace and a joy. And that's one more thing and the final thing. Lately, Jesus has been telling me for the last week in prayer, pray for joy. Pray for joy. He says, my joy I give unto you that no man will be able to take from you. Because joy is power. Joy is a powerful strength that comes from God into your body. It makes you valiant and courageous. The fruit of the Spirit is what? What are the first two? Love and joy. And I believe with all my heart 
that the freest people on earth, the happiest people on earth are the free people that have been made free because the sword of Jesus Christ severed them from everything because they too had a moment where they said, if I perish, I perish. To God be the glory. And I pray that as we go on praying for the people of Syria and Turkey, that we will go on praying for them to the throne of mercy, the mercy that endureth forever, to the one who sitteth upon the mercy seat, whereupon mercy is built up in the heavens. That's a capital M who sits between the cherubim. I believe that when you give it all up and you dive into that water of love, it's like what Amy Carmichael said in another place, God answers prayers, but the ones he answers are the ones in the deepest oceans. Praise the Lord.